That's presuming Idaho, like let's say Idaho is Craig Haley surging and we're an over 500 team next year. Well, that means like, you know, six-ish wins. Um, that's fringe playoff. And a win against a fringe playoff team is typically thought of as a good win. Yeah. So uh, Montana has a run of three consecutive weeks against teams that are playoff teams or imagine themselves as fringe playoff teams. And th th from this far away, I'm, I'm going to be higher on Idaho going into this coming season than I was last year. Yeah. Welcome back, Tribe from the North Brave and Bold to the official unofficial podcast of your Idaho Vandals uh, and the home of the Vandals on the Big Sky Podcast Network. I am your host, Chris, and with me today, I have Brian. Hey, guys. Good to be here again. And another episode, a quarantine episode. Uh, today's episode, we're going to be previewing the 2020 running backs for the Idaho Vandal football team. And we're going to talk some basketball coaching changes and uh, hiring and just uh, some cleanup work, if it, if you were, on the Big Sky basketball front. Today's episode, like all episodes, are brought to you by Montucky Cold Snacks. Ain't nothing like cracking a Montucky Cold Snack, an ultra-refreshing light beer born in majestic Big Sky country. The best part is when you crack a snack, you're giving back. Montucky Cold Snacks donates 8% of all profits back to local causes, even right here in Idaho. Supporting organizations like the CW Hogs and the Idaho Food Bank. Yeehaw, that's freaking awesome. Montucky Cold Snacks, the light American lager for pow pow rippers, gator wranglers, pony riders, and badass do-gooders. Visit MontuckyColdSnacks.com today to find out how to get your ass some snacks around the bar. Brian, I believe there's some news out of Greeley, Colorado that uh, we were deciding we should cover a little bit. Yeah, man. Uh, and their news moved pretty fast. So last week, um, it was no surprise. We even talked about it when we had Lance on here that we expected uh, Jeff Linder, head basketball coach in Northern Colorado, would be getting a job offer somewhere else. That somewhere else was uh, University of Wyoming, or Wyoming University. The Cowboys, who went 9-24 and last season, 11th in the Mountain West, now employ Jeff Linder. And the, the follow-up to that is UNC did not do a national coaching search within like a day. They promoted associate head coach Steve Smiley, who'd been he'd been at UNC since Linder was at UNC um, as the associate head coach the whole time since 2016. He was promoted to head coach uh, within about like a day and a half, and it's his first head coaching job. He's uh, prior to being at UNC, he was at Weber State for a couple years, and was at well, he was at a junior college before that. Um, so. Um, you know, the big thing is Jeff Linder might have been the best coach or one of the top three coaches, at least in the conference. You know, he, he was always up there with Travis DeCure from Montana and uh, Shantae Lagans from Eastern Washington over the last couple of years of guys who people expect to move up. Uh, Jeff Linder did. So that was I mean, that's the first thing that changed as we lose one of our best coaches. And the other thing is. They, they actually did a similar version of what Idaho did, which is 
just promote from within real quick. Of course, they had the COVID news come out since then, um, you know, different from us. COVID wasn't an issue at the time when we, uh, when Zach Kloss was promoted, but UNC did the exact same thing we did. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where we're at. UNC's got a first year head coach for next year. Yeah, it kind of makes you realize, I mean, you touched on it. Like we obviously didn't know that when we hired Kloss, but knowing what we know now, we might have dodged a bullet. Can you imagine trying to do a full-blown like, coach search right now with all the stuff that's going on with COVID-19? I feel like it would be extremely hard to get people out, get people to travel to a place like Moscow. So in a way, getting Kloss was smart because uh, if we pretty much said he wasn't getting hired, he could have easily have gone somewhere else by now. And instead, we have him and... <laughs> We don't have to worry about it because I, I, I obviously Northern Colorado hired within, but I wouldn't want to be somebody trying to hire hire externally right now. And I think it'll be interesting because with March Madness getting canceled, obviously there are going to be some coaching changes happening here soon because we kind of are in the off season, even though typically we would be headed into the sweet 16 the day this episode airs. So pretty crazy to think how we cut like a month off basketball season. So not only are we not doing the tournament, but all these coaching changes are going to be happening because, you know, big East type schools are going to be firing coaches that aren't winning and hiring mountain West type coaches that are. So it's going to be crazy to see what happens. I think we're going to look back as Vandal fans and be like, we might've did absolutely the right thing by just hiring internally and a guy, we know what to expect instead of trying to do a coaching search with all this madness going on. Yeah, I'm going to say I, my hot take on this. I, I've done a 180 on the Kloss hiring. Mm-hmm. I, I was, you know, we, look, we talked about this a while, about how it was kind of disappointing the way the search, there was no search, and how it felt like an underwhelming Vandal hire. I'm fine with stability right now. I am absolutely okay with the fact that Kloss will probably be able to keep the guys that we want to keep for next year for sure, you know, to remain on scholarship. And that we don't have to deal with whatever level of turnover we have already, because we have a couple guys in the transfer portal. Uh, BJ Simmons, Kadeem Som, they're both gone. Um, Trayvon graduated, Quentin Forrest graduated, so that's at least four spots. Uh, we know we'll have some people come in to replace those, but you know the fact that some of our recruits were guys who signed on when Kloss was there, so that that helps us in that end. We don't have an exodus of a few guys that maybe we wanted to keep because it's a new coach coming in. I'm okay with where we're at now, man. I am I am absolutely fine with that. I just want us to have a season. Yeah. And it's crazy because if we hadn't done what we did, I feel like we'd be stuck with almost what happened to us last year, which some of these schools might have because maybe a lot of people hold off on firing their coaches or, you know, making – I guess most people are going to make moves before they make firings, but um, it's – it's just weird to think that everybody else could be on the schedule Idaho was on last year where some teams might literally wait for most of this to blow over before doing an actual coaching hire, and they're going to be like us and be making a lot of their coaching moves in June, which would be absolutely just crazy to think about. But I don't know. We, obviously, we have no idea how this is going to work. But, I mean, yeah, we're full swing in the off season, and things like this uh, are, are going to start happening. It's Idaho sits in a pretty good place of hiring somebody for about a month, month and a half now. And 
Yeah, like you said, I'm just excited now that we have a guy. We know it's that guy. He gets a whole offseason with the stability he'll bring with how unstable this offseason is going to be. Uh, it's nice to have some stability in place because for once it feels like something broke Idaho's way, which is nice. Yeah, you know, just look at Idaho State. Um, Idaho State, who Ryan Looney is still there, but um, after, you know, um, gracefully shit-canning Jared Fay, they have five guys in the transfer portal. And, you know, you got to remember, or, you know, our listeners have to remember, we're in a new world for recruiting. Like, in-person visits are on pause. Um, we don't know what the hell is going to go on in the next few months. We, you know, we don't expect extra eligibility will be granted to winter sports players, and it probably shouldn't be. Um, like, Idaho players didn't miss out on any, any games. But, you know, if you're if we're Idaho and we have five guys out plus people who graduated, man, that's a lot of bodies. You got to be able to try to get in in a weird time where you're not going to be able to do in-person visits maybe the way you used to. How I, I just saw on Twitter thing about Nick Rolovich, WSU football coach, having to do um, a virtual tour with a kid, you know, yeah. to show him campus, show him the facilities. Which has got to be so like hard because he barely knows him. He's only been there, what, two months as well. Yeah, dude, and that's that's the reality of where we're at. So, yeah. um, again, it's not as spectacular. Maybe we next year just have to be happy if we're clo- if we're at like five hundred ish, which it sucks to say that. But I mean, look where we're at. I mean, I would, I just want a solid season. I just want us to not be a dumpster fire, and, and I, I'll be fine with yeah. stability and some growth. Um, you know, this is just this is just where we're at now. Yeah. Uh, we, we need to be we need to take our wins where we got them. We know at least Zach Kloss is not a bad coach. So, you know, it, we're, we're just – we're officially in a situation where we just need people in the boat with him. And we need people to say, look, maybe the result of this season was some things that broke against – you know, broke against Kloss that he had no say over. Mm-hmm. And he just – he did the best with us. You know, he's never going to put players down, which is great. But, you know, maybe realistically he was in a situation where he wasn't going to do better than this, but he – he showed enough stability that we should just say, hey, this was the right call. Yeah. And it's crazy because now you, you you brought up, I we haven't discussed this, but it just hit me. I think we also are kind of lucky. You brought up with the Romovich thing that we're probably pretty lucky that we didn't do anything with Paul Petrino too in terms of I don't think this is the spring ball that you would want to not have, have a new coach. Can you imagine? I mean, from everything, I guess – because I listened to you last week with Austin and Alex, and they said that the teams were still practicing, but I imagine that's going to slowly come to an end here soon as everything picks up um, nationwide. They'll probably put a band on it like they have everything else, so if they haven't already. And can you imagine being like Cal Poly right now, and you're trying to switch from a triple option to like a spread air raid system, and you don't get to practice it all spring? Like, that's you're thinking about Bo Baldwin now, and you're like, he lost six weeks of practice with these guys while trying to implement a whole new scheme. At least for us, it's like most of our guys coming back, we expect other than maybe quarterback were on the team last year as far as offensive and defensive guys go. So if anything, they're missing reps, but they're not trying to learn a new game plan, which it makes you realize all the Ed McCaffrey, all these guys with new new coaches. FBS and FCS, like, 
it's going to be a rough off season because you pretty much lose a, a bunch of practice. Uh, I'm assuming I I can't imagine that they're going to all still be able to practice and play games when everything else is getting canceled. But from everything I've heard yeah. right now, they are. But either way, I doubt they get the full spring or you know they probably do a lot less contact stuff. So it's just it's not a good year to have a new coach either. And football. so the, the big sky officially canceled all sports mm-hmm. through the spring. Like that counts practice. There is no yeah. practice. So there you like go. whatever, whatever practice they do would be players like being able to meet. And I don't even know what the rules are about players organizing like voluntary stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> but no spring ball is done everywhere. Practice yeah. is done everywhere. So yeah, that's a huge blow to places like Cal Poly who a lot of people had as a dark horse contender in the big sky. I mean, how they <laughs> I you think Jalen Hamler is just like I mean, I guess they got a lot of time to flip through the playbook cuz they don't have to do anything else, but man, it this affects more than just yeah, like we said spring and winter sports. Like your fall sports now are missing. I know not all of them do fall practice. Like I'm not sure how much the volleyball team does in the fall or spring, but yeah. um, soccer, I know it does a lot in the spring, obviously football. So yeah, this is this is big. Uh, it's not good. Obviously every, everybody's yeah. doing it for the right reasons, but man, it's a major blow to a lot of like Washington state and all these other teams who knows, maybe that Washington state game just became a little bit more winnable. We've got a lot of experience coming back and they're, I mean, they're actually probably, they're not switching systems. They're going to run an air raid still. So they'll probably be fine. But yeah, I just, I'm glad we have a, two coaches that have been in place for at least a year. Um, well, I guess Klaus hasn't yet, but by the time the season rolls around, he'll have been in place for a year. So in a way, once again, Idaho for once feeling like they're on the right side of something instead of the wrong side, but got to capitalize on it. That's for sure. Oh, we do. And you know, for fans, you, you just got to factor in like some of this look like some of it is underwhelming because we, everyone gets excited about splashy hires, but like what you just talked about, like this is actually a break in our direction. As Vandals, we have been used to feeling like we get some pretty shitty breaks. Yep. Because because we've gotten some pretty shitty breaks. No, no, the, you know, no, this is broken our favor. Yeah. Paul Petrino, whether you want him to be the head coach because of the last two years or not, he's not at a complete dumpster fire. Like Idaho, like you can tell there are parts of Idaho that were pretty strong last year. We've gone through our previews. We're going to go through position today where we know it's pretty strong. Um, so I guess we're in a situation now where, you know, uh, when we had Colton Clark on at the end of football season, I talked about like, Hey, like how do people forgive Paul for these last two years? And now like, I hate that we have to just pretend that that's where we're at, but like, realistically, we need to be excited if we have a season, we need to be excited if it's a solid season. Yeah. Cause, cause losing the season's on the table. And like you said, with a new coach, having a new coach who got to do a quarter of the prep work, he thought he was going to get get in oh that's completely on the table for ed mccaffrey and um bo baldwin yeah so glad we have unfortunately not a lot of teams in the big sky had coaching turnover otherwise we'd be in a really really good place right now i think the whole country's wishing wishing north dakota state had some coaching turnover but (laughs) yeah yeah exactly (laughs) they'd probably hire internally anyway so wouldn't be an issue Dude, you're right, and yeah, look, it, it'd be we'd say like, "Hey, that's our break," but then again, they just hire someone yeah. who's been there for a while. I was like, "Okay, it's not really a break; it's just the yeah, next guy." Exactly, and you know, it's it's our break that we have a guy. But once again, what? There's only 23 hirings this year, so there's 
like 101 schools that all have coaches coming back. So, um, but yeah, I, I definitely like Paul's chances to beat Bob Petrino this year and uh, win loss yeah. record. <laughs> I mean, we probably were anyways. Missouri State is a a train wreck, but Bobby has seems to have the Midas touch. Um, I don't know. Do you have any more anything else you want to kind of cover on the Northern Colorado slash? I guess COVID-19 coaching stuff before we move into this running back spotlight. Yeah, there is the situation like this is another big sky team, uh, which I think listeners should be interested in because it's a team we need to vault, you know, if our team's going to improve Northern Arizona, their, their head coach, Shane Burkar, I think they picked up like eight or nine more wins this last season. Still hasn't been named interim. Sorry, he hasn't had the interim tag removed. It's sounding, based off what Lance said on Twitter, like they expect he may not be named head coach. They just lost one of their best players to grad transferring, Bernie Andre. Um, you know, that's another place where, dude, maybe they should have just said, hey, we'll do a short contract for stability. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, they're going through the process that we went, you know, that we said we kind of wish we'd gone through. And, I can tell you, watching NAU, it doesn't look like they're going to come out stronger for having not named a successful guy head coach. They need to do, like, the, uh, I guess, the coaching equivalent of, like, a franchise tag. (laughs) They just need to come to him and go, look, you might not be a top-four coach in the conference, but we're Mm -hmm. we're willing to pay you as a top-four coach in the conference for one year guaranteed uh, just so we can have you – we don't lose an entire offseason because with all this going on, everything just became a bigger headache. And if you're him, you might be able to hold out and be like, no, I want to be the top paid guy in the conference for one year. But then I think you're you're kind of sealing your fate that unless he wins the conference next year, they'd be kicking him to the curb. But because you're not well, they gonna, don't even they don't even look like they're going to go with him. I, I, I mean, I feel like you have to at this point. I mean, I guess you, they probably got some people in before all this happened. But do you really want to be bringing somebody in right now who can't really be going and doing visits and like they're going to do all the recruiting over Skype. Like we're doing in the podcast. Like, I don't know, man. I feel like you got to go with the guy who's at least been putting in a little bit of the elbow grease over the last, you know, season. He's at least met and hosted some recruits. You bring a new guy in who's trying to follow up with all these guys. He's not traveling to their houses. Like he's going to be doing Skype calls. It's like the anti uh, Jim Harbaugh or John Harbaugh, the one who, Whichever one slept at some kicker's house as a recruiting trip. <laughs> like, he's going to just totally not even go to your house. Just have a Skype house visit. <laughs> uh, dude, you're 100% correct. But, like, they haven't – we've seen in Idaho. We've seen in northern Colorado. Doesn't... You just name the guy the head coach. Like, you don't have to – like, yeah. it doesn't have to be this big bureaucracy you're working through. And we – if anything, we had a bigger reason than them to actually do a search because we had an athletic director who hasn't made any hires. So we, mm-hmm. like, I you know that was my whole thing was I was like, Wisconsin ties. I want to see if she can find somebody that's been in that Wisconsin tree. So I was like, you know, super stoked for that. But if you're NAU, as far as I'm aware, their AD has been there forever and they just hired a new football coach. So even if they weren't, they've made a hire. It's like, what are you, what are you waiting for? I NAU feels like it's just in general, and I feel bad if uh, our Big Sky podcast partner Casey Everett listens to this, but 
NAU just reminds me of FBS Idaho. Like, it does feel like they're always a step behind, and every decision they make is a wrong decision. It, I, I don't know why they're not hiring it. And I didn't like the Chris Ball hire when they made it. So I'm just sitting here looking at NAU, and I'm going, I mean, they have kind of like, they have a solid fan base-ish. I mean, could be better, could be worse. They play in a pretty cool space. They have cool, you know, home field advantage. Uh, Flagstaff is definitely not one of the worst places you could be in the big sky. And, just, and then they just, they don't ever seem to capitalize on it. I mean, they've never been good at, like, anything. They're not good at women's basketball, not good at men's basketball, not good at football. I, now, Casey would jump in and say they're nationally good at track. Track. So, like, okay, it's not quite everything. Well, but, like, when the altitude. average person talks about sports, <laughs> yeah. no, they're not good at anything. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, Idaho used to have a really good, what was it? I can't remember the women's or men's cross country team, but they won like three or four straight whack championships. And, you know, we didn't go around bragging about it. It was because you're like, man, if you can brag that the only whack championships we ever won were women's cross country, you're like, it doesn't matter if it's women's or men's. If The only thing you can brag about is, oh, we won cross country. People are like, I didn't even know they had conference championships for that. That is not really a team sport, but. Yeah, dude. Uh, yeah, no pushback there. Yeah, NAU, they they actually have more resources than you might guess being a directional school. Yeah. Well, because, like, Arizona doesn't have a lot of them. So, and it's a yeah, big exactly. state. It's not like Washington where you have UW, Wazoo, and then you have Western, Central, and Eastern. As far as I know, there's, like, one other Arizona directional school even, and then Arizona, Arizona State, and that's about it. I mean, they have Grand Canyon, but that's private, so that doesn't get any and state no funding. Football. Yeah. So, I mean, they get, like, I think I did a list of, like, teams with Division One. Arizona has, like, per capita the most amount of support per their teams because it is a super populous state thanks to the Phoenix area as being, like, the fifth or sixth largest um metropolitan area in the country and then you only have arizona state arizona nau like they have nobody else to compete with even at the d2 level they used to have juco's but those are all gone now too so yeah they get a lot of resources and they have a lot of talent to pick from i mean just look idaho's 2019 class had a five or six guys from arizona so i mean there's talent to go around down there i just for both sports basketball football the hell, they should have a world-class golf team while they're at it. Yeah, you know, you're correct. I just double-checked real quick. Um, three D1 public schools, NAU, Arizona State, University of Arizona, and then Grand Canyon. But Grand Canyon's no football. Yeah. So, yeah. oh, man. Um, the, it's weird to me. They, I, I think in the probably around 2010-ish, NAU made their last trip to the – Men's, men's uh, sorry, NCAA basketball tournament for men. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, for football, they've been up and down with Jerome Sowers forever. Um, you know, as I understand, Jerome Sowers is never awful, but never awesome, let's mm-hmm. say. And, yeah, I mean, uh, Chris Ball higher. I mean, maybe, maybe there's some, maybe it truly was the injury issue with them that just decimated their defense. But, uh, I mean, it's hard to say. I don't know how you could look at that situation where they're going to lose the best quarterback in the history of their school and say, yeah, man, they, that's, that's a school that's trending up. Yeah. Yeah. They're, y'all, they're a dark horse playoff team. Yeah. 
Although, could we? It's just fun because we kind of we were kind of that though in 2018 with losing. Well, I guess that's the difference. That would be a rather. Actually, I don't even think it's an argument. I was gonna say we lose Matt Linehan and then we think we're gonna run the big sky. But to be fair, Matt was a great quarterback, all-time leader in the program in some stats. Yes, but I mean. Luckily, we've had a pretty deep quarterback history. I don't think Matt Linehan's probably even top three Idaho quarterbacks of all time. But, um, yeah, NAU, I go on a Matt Linehan tangent. But, uh, I don't know. They just need to name a basketball coach. And maybe we're wrong about Chris Ball, but it just looks like they're a program. And I always say that if the big sky were to do some, you know, deleting of some teams or or helping the WAC form a new conference, football conference, and, you know, hand them a couple teams. I always say NAU is a team we should keep. NAU has been in the big sky longer than Eastern Washington. They, without looking at it, um, I believe Boise State and NAU joined the big sky at the same time in, like, 1976. So they definitely deserve to be there. They're a de- like they're a good academic school. They're not great. They're not bad. Uh, like I said, Flagstaff isn't a bad place to go. It's pretty easy to get in and out of. It's just uh, I don't know. I, I don't know how they're so bad. Yeah. So NAU joined in 1970, yep. and that was yeah. They literally joined with Boise State. And for example, Eastern Washington didn't join until 17 years later. So, I mean, they definitely deserve to stay if we ever split it. But it's kind of hard to argue it when – and they have – holy crap. They have the third largest enrollment in the Big Sky. Did you know that? No, fourth. Fourth. No, I did not. Yeah, so they have 22,791 students. For example, Idaho has 11,814. We're one of the lowest. Holy crap, that's embarrassing. Good Lord. Can you imagine if Idaho had like the resources we might have if we had 20,000 students? Yeah. It, it's funny. I kind of had this conversation. I was on the Eagle Power Hour yesterday with those guys, and we were kind of talking about how it, we were bringing up – somehow got to talk about Washington State. And I was like, yeah, you just look at how much Washington State struggles with having like 23,000 enrollment. And then I sit here and I look. God, it's like uh, – we, holy crap, University of Montana has less than us. Yeah, dude, Montana, which I... They have the least, they have the least amount in the big sky. <laughs> Southern, Southern Utah beats them out by a whopping 92 students. No, they've been hit in two ways. I mean, they, they got hit a little bit with that whole Missoula... You know, the John Krakauer story. Yeah. Which, and I, like, by the way, story is the wrong way to say it. It is a, I listened to the book. Yeah. Like, that that stuff happened. Yeah. Like there, there is no way to misinterpret that. It did happen. Whether coaches knew the extent, I mean, is a separate question. Yeah. But, like, there's a reason that story was pretty shitty for, Ma, for Missoula. It's because it took place. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is they don't have an engineering school. True. And that's so, a popular degree these days. Yeah, no, the STEM school, I mean, that's part of how Montana State recruits out of state, and University of Montana does have some strong programs, but they've, you know, culturally, STEM's getting pushed everywhere. Yep. Uh, so, you know, you mix those two things together, 
Plus, they've had, I don't know if you listened on uh, Grizz Fan very much throughout the year, but uh, Luke has referenced like ongoing budget troubles for a long time. Mm. Um, you mix those things together, that's part of how you lose it. And like they get by because they have a really committed, active alumni base. Yeah. Um, yeah. But if that. Because they're like I us, I guess. They, they're a really good, com- they're a great comparison in the terms that both land grant, like, flagship universities for their state despite what butch otter wants to say um and yeah they're just they're struggling with enrollment which like it's so what's bad for idaho obviously is that we're not even getting kids from your neck of the woods like Coeur d'Alene, kids would rather go down to boise than yeah. u of i but yeah <laughs> do you have any guess uh, if you had to guess the three top four schools in enrollment in the big sky no, you're talking football schools too, right? Uh, yeah, only full members. Sorry, I wasn't yeah. looking at the affiliates. Okay, so like we're not counting Davis. Yeah, we're not counting Davis or Cal Poly. Okay. Because yeah, otherwise uh, Davis would by far be the most. Yeah, um, I'm gonna say Sacramento State. Yep, that's number one. Um, Montana State. Montana State is not shit portland state yes they are number three okay so i got one and three number wow number two weber yes okay then uh number four is nau dude that is crazy to me weber state is as good as they've been they're the second biggest school in the conference, and, and they, they still draw like what we around what we've been drawing. Yeah, they have more but, students than Washington State. They have twenty seven thousand four hundred and sixty five students. I don't know how they can't like. I get Ogden's got like skiing and everything, but not in September. Like <laughs> you can't and not twenty thousand people. No, and it's like oh well, you got the Great Salt Lake. Great Salt Lake, you can't do anything on. It just you get bitten by flies and it makes you smell like. <laughs> like I don't know what Weber State like I think they have a worse problem with us of like their alumni are all you like BYU or Utah fans and then you have the select few that just try to punish themselves and be Utah State fans it's just man I don't get Weber State you got all this history they're as old as Idaho 1889 They've been in the big sky since 1963. They're a founding member, 27,000 students. They're in a really rich state with lots of, you know, a great population, and they just can't capture it. They're right next to the freaking big sky headquarters. Like, they should be the big sky sweetheart. Like, they should be the team that every year the big sky is trying to make, like, really, really good. Yeah. Um, but they just, they're not. They're not. I, Weaver State. No, I mean, they're like us in some ways, and that one of the difficulties for us, and look, not trying to step on an episode on April 17th, maybe, um, but like one of the reasonable critiques people have about shifting down is the concern about loss of attention from media. Because yeah. we are competing with Washington State football when we start out. Like, we look, we have the Seattle Seahawks who dominate the media in this, in this area, you know, yeah. for good reason. We also have Gonzaga basketball. Yep. That... Once you get out of September, look, Gonzaga is in the news all the time. That is a ton of stuff. Just to, and that's before we even talk about. We haven't even talked about Boise State. Yeah. Um, 
that we're trying to fit in with maybe that maybe Utah, BYU and Utah State is kind of like that with Weber. And I don't oh, know I if bet. they're kind of school like us who look, what if, again, not trying to step on a future episode, but like, you know, if there were that, you know, great, if there was the, let's say, Nor- Northern American Conference mm-hmm. that, you know, some people talk about of like us, Montana's, and let's say Weber joins, you know, with some Dakota schools, something like that. I don't know if maybe that would be helpful, but look, I don't know what else they're supposed to do. They're good in men's basketball. Even when they're bad in men's basketball, they're solid. Yeah. And then in football, look, they've won the conference, was it two or three years in a row? Yeah, I think like, three. Like, what else do you do? And they've been a, a seeded team in the playoffs two years in a row. And then, you, I mean, I listened to the Grizz fan episode where they went down to Weber for that game, and they said, like, the Weber fans didn't even show up till like, 10 minutes before kickoff. Like, literally 10 minutes, like, parking. Not even, like, they randomly all walked out of some bar or something. I mean, that might be a Utah thing, why they're not doing that. But they said, literally, like, they're tailgating, and it's just Grizz. And then finally, like, 10 minutes before kickoff, they're all, like, closing up the truck, and all these Weaver State fans are driving and parking. It's – I don't know. I, I just don't understand Weaver State. I'm excited to get to go and check it out, but maybe you I'll – You going to go this year? Uh, I don't – we don't play them this year, I don't think, do we? I don't think uh, we do. I, I don't think we do. No, but uh, eventually, yeah, I, I'd like to go just because – especially if it's, like, November and maybe get some skiing in, but – Probably not. It's football season, especially with only having 11 games. But, no, um, I don't get Weber. <laughs> We're just scrapping on all these other two. This is what happens when you're quarantined and you only have two things you really want to talk about and you've got to fill an hour-long podcast. Uh, Weber, bad marketing department, should hire Chris. I got a marketing degree. I'll send you my resume. Just tell me where to send it. Uh, NAU. Just train wreck. Doesn't they are just running without a rudder right now? Uh, yeah, I guess curious for you real quick before because we're gonna fly through running backs because there's only a handful of them. I was talking about this on the Eagle Power Hour. What's your way too early predictions on the University of Montana football team next year? Ooh, because we we kind of had some. I don't know if they're hot takes. We had opinions on what was going to happen, Rusty, Kyler, and I. Oh, man. So I'm going to buy like nine seconds while I look at their schedule really quick. That's fair. I haven't pulled mine up. So <laughs> Yeah, so here's my theory on Montana. Cause they're, you, they're certainly not going to be bad. Because you brought it up kind of like uh, not – once again, it's more like how I was comparing Matt Linehan. Dalton Seed by no means is the best quarterback that's ever played in Montana, but – Probably top five or six. I don't know enough about him, but um, I don't know. You Let's l- just say he's lose- really good, yeah, and you- they have to replace him. Yeah, and you lose that guy. How? How? How do you do you, it? You know, the Grizz fan guys talked about this, which for our listeners, you may have noticed. N- Tubbs the Club, Eagle Power Hour, and Grizz fan are continuing to pump out Big Sky stuff throughout the quarantine. So if you are feeling neglected because there's nothing going on, there is big sky stuff going on. Yeah. But Montana's schedule, not like the it's not the easiest schedule, but not the worst schedule either. They have some gimmies in southern Utah, northern Colorado, northern Arizona. Montana probably thinks we're a gimme, so that's potentially four conferences we just covered plus Cal Poly. 
very good chance of five conference wins plus uh, Moorhead State and Missouri State. So I think they they definitely have the potential to be playoff ish. But you know, Grisman was talking about this. Cam Humphrey has to be your leader to be the quarterback for next year because he's going to have experience and the other guys won't. Especially as we covered now. You bring a new guy in or a transfer, they just lost a bunch of time to prep. So, if anything, and, it helps Cam Humphreys. I mean, to be fair, we're all talking there's a chance Caleb Jordan can start, and he's not even going to be on campus till June 10th. So, yeah. it's not impossible to win a job in the summer, but that's a so lot put, to do. Let me put it this way. The way Montana surprised last year, uh, you know, everyone thought they'd be better, but thought maybe the record wouldn't show it, and yeah. then the record did show it. They would be like a Montana State the year previous where, like, they were good enough to make the playoffs, but just barely, and then they were going to probably beat some team that shouldn't have been in it, but then they were going to come up against an actual good team and lose. And instead, Montana State was one of the good teams last year. They were, they were. I think a lot of people thought a year ahead of schedule last year. Yeah, no question. And I, I don't know. I, I would not gamble on them building past that this coming year. They've yeah. got, like, the best receivers in the conference coming back, True. but... You know, there's a chance that Cam Humphrey is just not going to be able to be as productive as Dalton Sneed. Yeah. Um, I mean, we saw Cam Humphrey play well, but we also saw that he might be a more accurate passer than Dalton Sneed, but he's not as fluid with reads. Yeah, I think if Cam Humphrey played the whole Little Brown Stein, Idaho would have actually won. He was playing terrible. He threw, what, two picks and had a fumble. And, I mean, I guess that could just be a slow start and nerves, but... And, you know, I think he got pulled in the first quarter. So, I mean, who knows? He could have gotten hot later. But the way that game was going, I think we were up, what, 14-17-0 at one point against Montana when Cam Humphreys was in? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't believe in him. But, yeah, I think you're right. Looking at their schedule, it's the opposite, which that goes to show the big sky. Where last year you're like, I think Montana's going to be good, but the schedule kind of worked out to be really hard for them. Where Eastern's looked really easy. Yeah, I'm looking at Montana's schedule. Other than Montana State and Eastern Washington, they should win all these games. I mean, I know you see Sac State there, but I think Sac State's going to come down a little bit, plus it's in Missoula. Um, I don't think we probably beat Montana this year, but we'll see. But, yeah, Southern Utah, Northern Colorado, Northern Arizona should all be wins. Montana State. You don't imagine them continuing. What this would be five years in a row or four, four or five? It's like you, eventually they've got to beat Montana State again. But um, so, yeah, otherwise at Cheney, it's about the only game I would say they're going to be an underdog in, or at least a larger one. Um, they, yeah, they, I think th- their schedule sets up really well for them to be good again next year. But I think in the playoffs, it'll show that they're not the team they were last year. Yeah, so I think we'll know about Montana after our, the game against us. They have they open up with Cal Poly, then their their big rough stretch in my mind is at Eastern versus SAC, and then at Idaho. Mm-hmm. That's presuming Idaho. Like, let's say Idaho is Craig Haley surging, and we're an over five hundred team next year. Well, that means like you know six ish wins. Mm-hmm. Um, that's fringe playoff, and a win against a fringe playoff team is typically thought of as a good win. Yeah. So. Uh, Montana has a run of three consecutive weeks against teams that are playoff teams or imagine themselves as fringe playoff teams. And the, the, from this far away, I'm I'm going to be higher on Idaho going into this coming season than I was last year. Yeah. 
because our defense will be strong and look, our offense is not going to be worse. Nope. So, in fact, most likely better. Um, but that's the crazy. And that. what's weird about the Montana game, and I cover this with Eagle Hour, and I'm probably people by the time the season rolls around are going to be so tired of hearing it. Idaho's schedule is deceivingly easier than it looks. You see that we're at UC Davis, at Eastern, we have Montana, we're at Montana State, at Idaho State. But when you really think about it, the only real, I'll call them road games, are at Temple and then at Montana State. Like Otherwise, we're at Washington State. Players are going to sleep in their beds for that one. Let's be honest, that's not an away game. And we're probably not going to really fight to win it, so... Then you're at UC Davis. That one's an away game. Then you're home against Portland State. You're at Eastern, 77 miles up the road. You sleep in your own bed again. Then you're home against Montana, home against Northern Arizona, home against Southern Utah, at Montana State, and then you're at Idaho State, which apparently is a chartered uh, fight. So we're one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. We will be on the Palouse six in seven weeks, we'll be on the Palouse for six games. That's almost unheard of. We also play three of the teams that tied for last place last year. Yeah. So, yes, you've got some competition like UC Davis, Montana Eastern. But, I mean, that once you get past Temple, I mean, I, even that, like, I guess UC Davis, it's pretty much all at home. Montana State's about the only game where you're like, that one's actually going to feel like a road game. I mean, Idaho State actually, I think, takes longer to get to than Bozeman, but um, I don't know. You'll have a lot of fans at Idaho State. I don't think the Bengals fans are going to quite show up like they did in 2018 for that game. Uh, I, I just think it was new. It was good. They had a lot of you know things fall their way where they were having a really good year and looked like a fringe playoff team at the time when they played us. I don't think that's going to be the case this year now, especially that they've lost Geller. Uh, both Gellers. So uh, I think Idaho State's back to being kind of down, and I think that's going to be mostly Vandals that hopefully Idaho's close to a playoff spot, and so they're at least going because the team should be fun to watch. But, yeah, I'm not too worried about – the Montana game will be deceiving, I guess is what I'm saying, because it'll pretty much be right in the middle of practically a, like, six-game home streak. <laughs> no, no. What Idaho needs to hope for, one, we need to hope the winner of the conference is about six and two. Yeah, um, which I think because we, Eastern and Montana can do. Yeah, that's feasible. Which and if look, if the winner of the conference is six and two, that means we are in play to have a share of conference title. The big question for us is, can we get out of Portland State, Eastern Washington, and Montana with two with winning um, two out of those three? Yeah. If we can, or maybe you extend it into UC Davis saying we need to go three and one in that run. Because after that, you know, if you pencil in, say, like Monta at Montana State is an expected loss, Northern Arizona, SUU, Idaho State all should be wins. So yeah. if we can walk into that, if we can, if we can get through that rough stretch where we have, or maybe I'll just narrow it further, Eastern and Montana, we got to come away with a win against one of them. It doesn't matter who, just yeah. one of them. If we, can, if we can do that, then we don't have to beat Montana State to be 6-2. and two. Yeah. Or we would be looking – we theoretically could be looking at that Montana State game as like, dude, if we if we win this, like – We're in. 
we're in. So then it's don't get choked up against Idaho State, in which case then my original statement of all those Boise Vandals should be making that three-hour drive to Pocatello and packing, I think it's probably longer than three hours, four hours, whatever it is, and packing that stinking dome because you can't get slipped up against Idaho State in year three of possibly making the playoffs. Um, But I also think the big hitch in this wagon, Western Oregon, was a wasted schedule. I get why we did it, but wasted. That would have helped out a lot if that was like Dixie State or somebody. Um, And then UC Davis. We did not play well last time we were in Davis. We're going back to Davis. We've never played well against Dan Hawkins. So I think that's... I think that one is going to be kind of the – you're going to be coming off most likely loss at Temple, loss at Wazoo, loss at UC Davis. So then that's that's going to be hard because homecoming, luckily you'll have people there for Portland State, but I don't know. So that actually might mean UC Davis is kind of the most important game for us this year. I think so. I think that's kind of the one you've got to win that because then you're right. If if we do lose Eastern and we lose Montana, it's all right. At least at that point, you're going into like conference play, like the beginning of I guess you're going into October, middle of October, at least three and two, with one two and two against D one opponents, and that's a lot better than being you know one and three or one and four, and then like you said, you get the chance with Montana State, who we expect to be a playoff team again, so you get that win late in the year. Hopefully, that's enough to really bump up your resume in like terms of recency bias. In terms of the voters, then you hopefully just stomp Idaho State at the end of the year in a rivalry game that gives you a little bit of bonus. And then hopefully it's just enough to get a last one in. But I I said it on Eagles Power Hour. I still think we're probably a year away. Um, I think 2021 is going to be our year. But, I mean, we could easily pull Montana this year and be a year ahead of schedule. I think that's absolutely – I'm, I'm with you on that. Again, like listeners might find this a shock because of how down I was on the, you know, the dead horse era. Yeah. But, no, no, I look at the schedule and I say, like, look, five and three in conference is feasible. And if we – look, if we go five and three, we're not a playoff team. But we should be happy at five and three. And we're the kind of school that would say, like, look, if we had more money – that's a playoff team going five and three in one of the best conferences in, in the FCS. Yep. And so now we just got to get that money. We got to get that money thing situated, but also man, last thing, since we're doing our schedule pre pre preview, um, we get UC Davis, you know, with this, this, this coronavirus stuff, UC Davis has some pretty big transitions going on. And I know we we're going to have a new quarterback and that's, you know, an issue to work through, but I'm going to tell you, going from Mason Petrino to our to whoever our starter is is going to be a bigger is going to be much more favorable than going from Jake Meyer to whoever, whoever you yeah. see Davis goes we, to. We have a chance as Colton Richardson, right? So a guy who's been yeah. there, if Colton Richardson would be like honestly no step back. He's two and zero or three and zero as a Vandal starter. He's never lost a game he started. So yeah, we're lucky there. And then you know if the same thing that seems to bite him every year, the injury bug, that gives Mike Beaudry or Nair or Cisco more time to really learn everything. But we're pretty well poised because we do have an obvious starter that could take it in Colton Richardson. But I think a lot of us think that it's Beaudry's job to lose at this point. There's a reason why they went in and got a grad transfer type guy. Um, I think it's because they're planning on redshirting CJ and getting one to two years out of this guy. So 
But yeah, I mean, like we said, why we're so poised for next year. Let's break down our running backs. Okay. Um, first off, hello, Vandal Athletics. We see you. Did you, uh, ironically, when I was doing research for this, guess what the Vandal Athletics page posted for the first post in three months? I have no idea. Spotlight. 2020 linebackers. And a like a highlight tape of all the linebackers from the year. <laughs> I was like, okay, just... Steal our thunder. I was waiting for it at the end, like the uh, Tubs of the Club, like idea brought to you by Tubs of the Club. And then they yeah, have comments. Yeah, man, cite your work. Right? I thought the comments would have it, but they disabled comments. Like somebody would be like, yeah, did you just get everything off Tubs of the Club? I mean, it was just a highlight video. But uh, so we're not the only ones doing spotlights anymore. We got to compete with the athletic department. So, uh, oof. oh, wait, this is uh hold on. I don't want this one. This is my old one. Um, this is the one. Oh gosh, I hope it's saved. I had to close when we were we were testing the video, everybody. For uh, when you're wondering, what do you mean this is the wrong one? So I had to close out of everything right before, and I had a outline here that had all the stats. Otherwise, I'm gonna be going totally. Okay, here we go. Perfect. All right. So coming into this year, we only lose Jack Bamis, who probably unfortunately is the most underused player we've had guy was should have been a stud but we couldn't decide if we want him at running back or linebacker every year he seemed to switch to the other side of the ball but last year pretty much we only lost 51 yards on 10 carries all in all i think we can say that we were not 10 yards and 51 carries away from being a playoff team or a national champion so losing 10 carries and 51 yards not even going to really be noticed. Um, so then we roll into who is still here. Number 28, Dylan Thigpen, 5'11", 241-pound uh, redshirt senior. He played in seven games last year, 278 yards and one touchdown. Then we have number 24, Roshan Johnson, 6'1", 240, redshirt junior. He played in four games last year for 239 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, he did play in every single game in 2018. He kind of bit had a little bit of the injury bug last year. Uh, number 22, Andre Carter, 5'9", 241 pounds, redshirt sophomore. He played in nine games last year, 615 yards, seven touchdowns. I think everybody will admit that he was by far our best running back going into last year, but he had obviously three games he missed due to injury. Then you had Khalil Forehand, 5'10", 185-pound redshirt sophomore. Played in one game last year. Uh, special teams kind of play. Got a tackle. But uh, he's kind of one of those. I think he's actually on scholarship, but he's from Bishop Kelly. So I think he might be kind of preferred walk-on who earned a scholarship. I don't think he was actually a guy we recruited. But, I mean, if you're a redshirt freshman and you're still getting time, that's good. Uh, number three, speaking of freshmen, as a uh, Nick Romano, 5'10", 203-pound, will be a true sophomore this year, was a freshman last year. Played in all 12 games last year, 513 yards, two touchdowns uh, on the ground. He also had another two touchdowns on six receptions through the air. It's amazing he played in all 12 games because literally the first play of the 2019 season was him getting his head taken off by Penn State, but he popped right up. Awesome, loved it. And then I'm going to murder this one. Number 21, Kihan Martinez, 5'11", 
five, he did seven. not murder. It's Keon Martinez. Keon exactly. Martinez. 5'7", 186 pounds, sophomore. So also was a true freshman last year. Played in four games, had 43 yards. That was good for a 4.8 average. Uh, some other guys to kind of pay attention to. Chauncey Smart, athlete, and Karari Bailey, athlete. I don't think either of them end up playing running back. I think Chauncey Smart might take some snaps, but by no means I think he'll line up most of the time at running back. I think he's going to be more of a slot receiver. Um, but there is the potential they'll have him out of the backfield every once in a while, so I put him on there. And then Kamari played it a little bit in high school, but I definitely think he's more set up for linebacker or D end. But they're technically listed as athletes and had running back experience, so I figured I would throw him on there. But otherwise, I don't think either of those two are going to do it. But, yeah, we got a freaking great stable coming back. It's funny because, like, you look at the obvious names. Like, Roshan Johnson is always a guy that when you read the spring game stuff, Puts up, like, the best performances, but then seems to deal with the injury bug and just isn't healthy during the season. But it was all right because Andre Carter and Nick Romano, for being a redshirt freshman and a true freshman last year, absolutely just phenomenal production out of those guys. Uh, And then you include Dylan Thigpen. I mean, we're pretty set with those three right there. Having Roshan is just an added bonus of having a guy that's that big that you can plug in more as, like, a goal line guy. Yeah, and you know what? Roshan is a guy it's easy to forget about because he only played four games. But, you know, his longest rush was 20 yards, and he still averaged 4.7 per rush. You know, so he, he was pretty pretty dang steady, yeah. you know, when, when he was playing. You know, the I man, I'm curious how we're going to, what the split's going to look like. Because Andre Carter and Roshan Johnson seem like kind of similar runners. Yeah. Uh, Which Nick is crazy because Roshan is so much bigger than Andre. Mm. But they weigh the same. Like, I guess it makes Andre look thicker. But I still think Roshan, yeah. being 6'1", 240, where Andre's 5'9", 241. But Roshan definitely looks like the bigger guy. But, yeah, you're right. they very similar running style. I mean, Andre Carter – is the one who has seen everyone that's seen that still from the Eastern Washington game. He's the guy who put Kreiner doing a breakdance move on his face mask. Like the, the kid's got some power. Yeah, dude. And then Nick Romano, look, Nick Romano was real good last year too. True. Um, you know, he also, he's the best cat pass catching back we have. Um, so he, you know, he, he gets touches. He doesn't have to get handoffs to get him, but, what I'm curious how that looks. I'm is it going to look next season? And I'm curious whether um, Andre Carter or Roshan Johnson will develop enough to be used in the pat like the short passing game a little bit, yeah, um, to give us some more flexibility. But man, like we, I don't know if I don't think we have the best running back in the league, but we might have the best running back situation. Yeah. Of look, we first off, our guys are going to stay fresher because they're not going. I mean, look, if, if Andre Carter and Roshan Johnson are both playing, we're not going to have one guy get 20 carries every week. No. Um, which means they're going to stay fresh. But then also if someone gets hurt, we go from 1 and 1A to just, okay, it's just 1 this week. Yeah. So, man, we're, you know, linebacker, we're spectacular to me. Yep. Running back, I think, is probably our second best returning position. I would agree. We're very deep at it. And. Like we talked about, same thing with the linebackers, right? Like going into, like I said, I, this is why I'm really 
I'm really po- teeing us up for a 2021 run already. But you look at, like we said, linebackers. Going into 2021, the only guy we'll lose from this year's team is going to be Christian Ellis. Everybody else will be back, assuming you know nobody transfers or anything like that. De- declares early, but you know what? If they have a good enough season that they can declare early from Idaho, I'm all for it. Then yeah, you look at the same thing with running backs. You're going to lose Dylan Thigpen, who, like we said, seven games, 278 yards, one touchdown. Definitely is a very productive guy. I feel like his stats don't actually show how useful he is on the team. But, yeah, we're losing him. But Roshan's going to be back. Carter's going to be back. Forehand's going to be back. Romano's going to be back. Martinez is going to be back. And we'll probably have another guy we will recruit going into next year. So we'll have another freshman. So, I mean, like, running backs. God, even looking into 2022, we're still going to have Andre Carter and Nick Romano. Like, we have three years of probably our most productive running backs right now, which is just – we're, we're incredibly lucky. It, it really does remind me a lot of, like, the 2009 team when we had, you know, DeMondre Woolridge, you had Deontay Jackson, you had Princeton McCarty, and then you even had Devon Sturdivant as, like, another guy. So we're – it's very much like that. You have your three guys that you expect to do the most, and then you kind of have Thigpen, who's kind of like your Sturdivant, who's still super, like, helpful, probably could do a lot in the kick return game because he's very fast. Um, I I I love our running backs. I I agree with you. I don't think because of the way our offense is, they can be as flashy. But I don't know. I Idaho is really lucked out if you think about it at the running back position. Like, there's no reason we should be able to get the running backs we've gotten between James Baker, uh, gosh Elijah Penny. Like we had guys who have all been playing in the league. It's uh, Elijah Saunders. We've been very blessed at running back, and now we just have, like, so many good ones that we're, we're actually we're stacked. I, I agree with you. Other than I go probably linebackers, running backs, and they're very close. And then I'd say definitely third is our D-line. But those three positions are by far the most solidified on our entire team. Everywhere else you at least have one question mark. But running backs, we're set. It's just – is Carter going to get even better or stay the same? Is Roshan going to stay healthy? And then if he stays healthy, do the other numbers go down a bit because you have a guy who's healthy? Is Nick Romano going to be able to stay in all 12 games next year? And with that, is he going to develop a little bit more of, like you said, is, is the passing game going to revolve around the other guys a little bit? So it's not so much Nick Romano's in there probably passing. Not to say that's what we're always doing. He ran for 513 yards on the ground, finishing second on the team to only Andre Carter. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, just Andre Carter in the Eastern game was just unstoppable. And then I believe he was out during Montana, and I think you could notice the difference of not having him in. But, yeah, I am I feel very confident with our running backs. There's, there's not much to say. I don't even know. Andre Carter's probably, if you had to pick a one, he's your one. But I definitely think it's a 1A, 1B, 1C, more of you're going to put them in the right spot. So it's not necessarily a, a starter. Yeah, man, 100% with you. If you look at the – so if you just multiply Roshan Johnson's stats over the four games he played, you know he's carrying about in between 12 and 13 times a game. That's pretty close to yeah. what um, 
Andre Carter was at. Nick Romano was definitely was he was under ten uh, carries per game, but also he was a freshman, so it might have been there you know a bit of a learning curve, yeah. uh, both both for the team and for him. Uh, figure out how to use him. And you know, side note, we shouldn't forget talking about Nick Romano, first team All Big Sky kick returner. Yeah. Um, man, yeah, dude, this this position is strong. You know, we look, we we need to hope like hell the football season happens. Um, and if the football season gets to happen, you know, I think people need to be Idaho Vandals need to reckon with the fact that we might be looking at finishing around 500 as, but like in a good in a good sense. Yes, not as in like yeah. uh, you know it's a disappointment. Like no, it's, it's like it's because we actually are building a little bit. Yeah, it's a you it's know? a building 500. It's a you can see the pieces coming together, and we have, I mean we've we've been selling it. It, we're really building towards the C.J. McCollum era, or C.J. McCollum. <laughs> no, not the Lehigh and now Portland Trailblazers yeah. shooting guard. Um, the C.J. Jordan era, uh, and I think this is just getting those pieces in place. I think I'd be surprised if C.J. Jordan starts, but like we said, there are so many. And we said it last year when we are like, freshman, sophomore, freshman, sophomore, freshman, freshman, sophomore. Now it's sophomore, junior, sophomore, junior. Like, we're not losing. We don't have a lot of senior playmakers, which is good and bad. Obviously, you like the leadership, but we have seniors in every position. We're going to have a Christian yeah. Ellis. We're going to have a Dylan Thigpen. So, I, we're pretty – I'm just – I'm so excited because, like you said, I think there's a chance we're a sneaky good team in 2020 and maybe finish a little bit higher than we should, but – Either way, 2021 is just fitting to be the year. But 2020 is still going to be super enjoyable to watch, and we are more than with our schedule set up to make a, a better run than people would think we would because the big sky has been proven. It's very hard to play away. We miss, like, all the bad away games other than Bozeman. Like, everything else is coming to us or practically in our backyard. It's not like Temple's a tough place to play, and they're kind of on the downswing right now. So that's actually a possible winnable FBS game. You win that at the beginning of the year and have a even something remotely close against Wazoo for half, man, it's going to be a good year, and people will start to buy back into the program. Yeah, dude, I yeah, it's hard to stress. You know, we, we might save this for a separate episode, you know, the, the way that people can – this COVID situation might let people reset – some of the negativity, but I gotta say, man, like seriously, we, once we're out of this dead horse era, which we are, we are. Um, I'm page turned. I'm on 2020 right now. Yeah, dude. Like it's it's wild how much like negativity once that's gone. Like it, it's just a lot easier for me to be a Vandal fan. It's a lot easier yeah. for me to look at the roster and be like, dude, like we might capitalize on Chitral Haywood in a way we weren't yeah. able to do before. Yeah, I got asked that with Eagle Power Hour. They're like, who's gonna replace? Jeff Cotton, I was like, to be fair, going into last year, we all pretty much had Cotton and Haywood neck and neck. So, obviously, Cotton took a huge step forward, and we needed it. But, I mean, I definitely have faith that, um, you know, Cottrell Haywood is going to be able to make a step forward. So, there's, there's so just there's so much fun stuff to watch, I guess is what I'm getting at this year. Oh, hell yeah. We just, we just need the season to happen. Yeah. So, uh, you know, cross your fingers. Again, like I said last time on the episode, this is not your home for COVID-19 hot takes. 
just cross your fingers that we get a vaccine or some shit like that or or we get some good breaks because um man again there's a lot i i think of all the people we've had on the last year um as hosts or guests i was probably at least on the show the harshest towards idaho mm-hmm. i'm i think there's a lot of reason to be stoked about this team oh, yeah. Yeah. and there's not and some of the question marks we have it's not like in the last year last couple of years where it's like well it's just a it's a bad situation that won't be resolved. Like, no, we have reason to believe that our bad positions will be significantly better Mm -hmm. than they were last two years. Exactly. And if we're stable with everything else and we make improvements there, like that, that's how you go to a fringe playoff team. You know, I I'm saying fringe because our, our out of conference schedule is going to make the playoffs hard. It is. We didn't set ourselves up for that. Well, we'll be, we will be a, if, if a team beats us next year, it'll be considered a good conference win, yeah. I believe. We won't be a laughing stock next year. We will be the team yeah. that, that everybody will be pointing at using an example of why you don't schedule a D2 and two FBS games. It's yep. literally the worst thing you can do at the FCS level is schedule two FBS and an FCS because literally we're pretty much going to be going in the conference play in the committee's eyes, 0-0. Zero, zero. So. Yep. It's going to be hard to get those six wins, but yeah, I definitely next year is going to be a momentum builder in terms of fan engagement. I think it can start now. You have nothing to do other than watch Vandal highlights. Uh, Maybe we'll throw a bunch of them up on tubs of the club. I have a bunch of them. I just got to figure out how to get a DVD player to burn online, but yeah, go watch some Vandal highlights. Relisten all our player spotlights if this is your first one because you're like, oh, I wonder what Tubbs of the Club is talking about, and you had no idea we've been uploading every single week since you probably last listened in football season. We've had every position up to this point other than the secondary and quarterbacks, I believe, spotlighted. So go get psyched for the season because I think we got a real shot to be at least fun to watch. Even if the record isn't quite what we want, the team is going to be good, and you're going to see what's going to be in place when – C.J. Jordan finally gets the reins. Or, heck, who knows? Mike Beaudry and Colton Richardson could really put us on a run this year. I don't want to put it past that 2020 is not going to turn out all right. But. No, I, I think the comparison for us at this point, results-wise, would be Eastern Washington of 2019. Yeah. Uh, look, Eastern needed a couple breaks that to make the playoffs. And they didn't get. scheduling bit them, and that's probably what will happen with yep. Western Oregon. Yep. Um, I think that's the comparison for us. You know, Montana beat Eastern. That was a good win. Sac State beat Eastern. That was a good win. Eastern yeah. also beat the hell out of the lower lower tier teams. I got to tell you, next starting with next year, I'm not going to go into our game against like Southern Utah thinking, okay, how are we going to tank this? I'm going to go in thinking, I expect we'll win by 21. Yeah. Homecoming should be an absolute blast. Us against Portland State. I mean, to be fair, Portland State, has had a lot of really good recruiting, so they might not be as bad as we think they are. Um, but NAU Southern Utah next year, oh man, like just park the ambulance on the side of the field, like it's gonna be good. Like our defense, yeah. I'm the offense is gonna be better. I'm super excited. But see, that's that's the thing that's gonna be exciting to me. Like there is just there is no way we have – we talked about this with Colton at the end of the season. If you subtract that NAU game with Mason playing, we were the worst offense in the league. Yeah. We're, we're not going to have that dynamic next year. 
like think of how exciting this last year's team would have been if we just had a middling like number six or seven in conference offense. Yeah, uh, if we had Davis Alexander as our quarterback. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, but like next year, it's entirely on the table that we take a huge, a big offensive step up, and if the defense just holds, which I actually expect the defense to be better next year. Um, no, man, there there's reason to be excited. Yeah. Um, it's weird. Be, to speak about Vandal football, like feeling like there is real hope, but like, like to me, like this isn't a sales job. We've done the roster breakdowns, and, and like you said, great point. If you're looking at stuff to do in this, you know, downtime, look. If, if you want to skip the basketball talk, go ahead. It's like 45 seconds in the episodes. Like all that content is still relevant. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, let's see. Did we put out any calls for hashtag STHCs? I don't think we did. Did we? Uh, no, we were on spring break. Yeah, we're on spring break. Um, so we don't have any. So, uh, I guess we'll just hashtag STAC. I'll just ask you a real quick question and then you can ask me something back and then we'll go into closing the bar. But, uh, what are you doing? I guess it's more of a getting iced to kill this quarantine time. <laughs> have you found any, any recommendations for the people out there that might be stuck at home trying to like. They've already finished that Netflix show, and they're like, any any suggestions? What have you been doing to kill your time? So do you care if I give you like a two- to three-minute answer here? Not at all. I'm sure people are dying for things to do. Okay, so so just peek behind the curtain for everyone. Um, I'm on an extreme lockdown. I have cystic fibrosis. I'm, high, I'm a high-risk person. It is very important for me to not get this. Um, I've been on lockdown and I, I mean extreme lockdown as in I don't see people who aren't my wife um, spend that way for about 10 days and um, you know one thing that I've done is first I just don't rush into my day you know you know how like if you if you're going to work like you might get up you're kind of sprinting to get everything done to get out yeah yeah dude no um <laughs> I don't think it's a bad thing, right? I, like I've read a ton of stuff about like assen- essentially orienting your day around type A personality traits. Like be really regimented. My take, no. Like there's stuff you should be reg- you'll want to be regimented in, but just don't rush. Just don't rush through the first hour of your day. Let it turn into two. You're not. You will have lost nothing. Yeah. Um, separate. Um, I've been when I have to do my treatments. I've been listening to uh, HBO's The Wire. As though it's like an audiobook. I like I, when I do my treatments, I can't watch TV. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, it's too it's too active to be able to watch TV. So I've been listening to The Wire. Um, for me, you know, I've told we've talked a team bit about this before. I write fiction. Um, I you know was invited to do, to take an MFA class through Idaho last semester. I have started. I outlined a novel that I want to write, um, and I've started writing it. And then. Um, yeah, I mean, I've I've done this like really old school thing where you read, um, <laughs> but other than that, I mean, um, you know, I've I've tried to give myself a sampling of things to listen to, and I I guess what you'd say is I don't have a thing I'm fixating on. It's more look at Grizz fans on. I listen to that Eagle Power. I listen to that. I listen to us. Um, if you mix in enough things, oh, I also just call people. Um, you, know, you you mix in a few phone calls with that stuff. You know, treat treat call it like treat your phone calls as though they're not. People don't think of phone calls as content, but you treat calling people that you would have wanted to call anyway, 
um, sure. as a thing you want, you're going to do that day. And hey, suddenly you've burned through a few hours. Yeah. Is that, that I, I mean, you peek behind the curtain. I know you're on quarantine right now. Yeah. Um, well, has, has your take been similar to mine? Yeah. Well, so I surprised quarantine. I didn't know until Monday that I was quarantined. <laughs> so yeah, for, I guess the listeners that don't know, I was recently across the pond and as you know, there's travel for or level four travel advisory, which pretty much said, come home now, idiot. So I had to fly back to then. Um, obviously, I live in the state of Washington. They're pretty well shut, locked down. And then my um, office said, you cannot come in for 14 days. So I got back from London on Friday night had every intention over the weekend and everything that I was going to be coming in. And then like Sunday night, my boss texted me and said, we might have to talk Monday morning, but plan on either coming in late or being home. I have to run some stuff by HR. Then seven o'clock in the morning, I get the text that says, yeah, we'll see you uh, in April. So I'm trying to figure out what to do. So this is day two for me. Uh, I play, I download animal crossing on my switch and then uh, <laughs> was podcast last night, podcast tonight, and I've got to figure out what to do for the rest of it. Um, I don't. There's no Netflix shows on dying to finish. Uh, I do have a textbook I could probably be reading to get my trying to get my FA's license, so I take my series six and or series seven and sixty six. But yeah, luckily I have thirteen more days to uh, get a lot of this stuff done. So. Anyone has some suggestions after listening to this pod or yeah, this episode of the podcast, tweet at us at tubs of the club. Let us know what you guys are doing during your uh, quarantine. Yeah. The only thing I'd add to that, Chris, that, you know, for listeners, one, dude, if you guys are listeners and like, there's something you wish we were talking about, believe me, you have a captive audience. Yeah. We need, we need content ideas. Send, yeah, dude, send your tweets, send your email. We don't give a damn. Well, we are reading. Well, if you're maybe curious. we'll we'll start a book club for the second half of the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but, but I mean, the other thing that I like, I'd recommend if you're a person like me who has to be on a, an extreme quarantine, and just with how shit's going, I mean, like there may be pe- a lot of people who are forced into that. Yeah. Um, like it doesn't all have to be hell. Like I guarantee there's stuff, Chris, that like when you've been working, you know, and you're like you're just a busy person. That you like wish you you you, know, you think like hey there that's a show I wish I would have watched exactly. or like you know here there's a series of videos I w- I want to go through dude just give yourself an hour to and I don't like this is my type A hot take here yeah give yourself an hour but like don't view it as like I need to be productive like give yourself an hour where it's important that you do a thing that you wish you were you would have done earlier but it's not actually important at all yeah. Um, yeah, I guess my one thing that I'm like challenging myself is there's an app called Duolingo and I've been trying to teach myself Swedish. So I guess that's my, my goal is to be more fluent in Swedish after 13 days than I currently am. Hell yeah. (laughs) I can tell you do not, uh, keep refreshing that Idaho COVID website because they are not updating it fast enough. If you are looking for a way to be anxious about not learning what's going on, yeah, just just do what I did a bunch. That's the other thing. I'm just I'm probably having to limit some of the social media shit just because so much of it is. Yeah, it's getting overwhelming. Well, there, there's no news really. Yeah, it's just like takes. There's news like once or twice a day, 
Um, and you know, if you're spending a lot of time on there, like you're just being a captive audience for like what, like two sentences worth of info. That's just where we're at. I mean, look, there's, this is not news. Yeah. You need to like, everyone needs to be safe right now when the vaccine or whatever is available you're not going to need to be on Twitter to find out about it. People will let you know about <laughs> you, it. You'll get a phone it. call or text or yeah. So you, you will know about it, but yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, so yeah, if you're still in the live sports about the closest thing you have right now is the WWE. They're doing everything closed. So there's a hot tip for people, but uh, bet on the weather. Yeah, that's true. And uh, if you do ESPN's the streak, uh, they're doing lottery, and Shark Tank are the things you can pick right now. So the streak is still alive with no sports. <laughs> but speaking of no sports, spring game's been canceled. I know you touched on this. We really don't know what we're going to do with April 17th, you guys. Uh, obviously, nothing in person because, you know, one, everyone's not going to want to drive to Moscow now. And I don't think I would, like, Brian wants to leave his house, come to Seattle. I don't really want to go to Coeur d'Alene. And no. So I. We could all go to Taiwan, but I don't think they want a bunch of Americans there because we carry COVID-19. And yeah, so uh, we don't know what we're going to do. I think we're still going to do the episode, but we've got to figure out some details on that. Um, But that being said, once again, we need content because we plan on going every year through May and then having June be our like reset off season. So we still have like, two months worth of content to give you guys and we're kind of running out of ideas now so yeah if you have anything i know uh martin is going to be coming out with like uh he's going to tell some basketball or vandal band stories so look for those episodes to kind of come out here shortly um just so we have content so you guys have something to listen to while you're you know taking some time away to reset so um yeah i mean April 17th, stay tuned. Once again, actually, it probably will be on Twitter, but uh, you'll also just hear it on one of the podcast episodes here of what we decided to do with it. Because, Frank, we don't really know. We haven't even really discussed it, to be honest with you guys. So, um, no, and from, from my end, like the thing I'm curious about, about how you would feel and how everyone's going to feel, is when the question is like, is there even a football season? Like the the debate about classification doesn't feel as important yeah. as it did as it did a month ago. Yeah, like when when the football season's up and running, and we have like attendance and stuff to talk about. Like, yeah, that that of course matters. But like the the idea of like, hey, what is comp? You know, what is there any connection to us eventually going back to FBS later on? Whatever. Just give us a season right now. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll be happy with the season. Yeah. Gosh. Um, yeah, but uh, position spotlight continues next week with the secondary, which that one will be an interesting one because that is probably the biggest hole on the team. So mm-hmm. that will be a good episode. That one we should be able to fill some content with. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I guess we kind of went over what we're doing. So I don't know unless there's anything you missed you want to let them know. Otherwise – uh, you can find me on Twitter at Chris underscore P underscore Hammond. You can find me at Brian Marceau. That's M-A-R-C-E-A-U. And I mean, what a I, man, I'm just happy. We, I'm happy. We have people downloading. I hope, I hope that we're able to give you a break 
from you know feeling freaked out about the COVID stuff because we we do have we do, we have a, we actually talked about a ton of future stuff on this episode. That I'm, I'm pretty happy. You about. did. So welcome to everybody that's back because I. <laughs> I will notice your guys' episode. It could just be the fact that we had the best of all time and Austin Rico on in one episode. But last week's episode numbers were significantly higher than normal, everybody. So I think some of you are checking back in. So hopefully you kind of got an idea of what we're talking about. And like we said, go back and re-listen to all the other stuff on our position spotlights. Uh, we would appreciate it. Make sure if you don't, this would be a good time because I know you're not in a rush to go do anything. We never ask you this. Go rate our podcast. And if you share it with one person, that would be great. Because if everybody that listened to it shared it with one person, our numbers would double every single week. Because Bam. we are coming up on, you know, we've got to present to Montucky how many people we reached. And it's really helpful if we can be like, look at all the awesome people we got you in touch with. Um, so really help us out, you guys. Uh, make sure you also follow the Big Sky Podcast uh, Network. So that's at Big Sky Podcast on Twitter um, to make sure you get all the BSPN developments and receive content throughout the season. Like I said, three of us are still posting stuff, so there's some stuff to go do. Otherwise, I think it's about time we let the best band in all the land play us out. Sound of Idaho. Go Vans. Go Vans.